All right, and we're starting in three, two, one. Hello, my friends. My name is Howard Tankara. I am a junior at Barnard College studying economics, and welcome to the ASV Chats. So today's guest is Miss Lovely Aisha Conte. She is a freshman at Cornell University, currently undecided, but I'm glad you came on. How are you doing, sis? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be on the show. I'm a big fan, you know, big fan of Howell. We've known each other for a long time now, so I'm so proud of her. Excited to be on. Yep, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited to have like a new fresh face because I, I feel like a lot of the episodes that I have had thus far were juniors. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. hearing a freshman who just finished their first semester mm-hmm. of college kind of talk about their experience. And I'm going to hit you with a question, as you all know, my favorite question. <laughs> Walk me through basically the decisions and the step process that got you to Cornell University because okay. it's an amazing school. But just mm-hmm. walk me. Why that decision? Why that choice? And just fresh in your head. Okay, so I guess like subconsciously, I always knew that I wanted to go away for college. Um, I didn't honestly, I didn't know like if it was feasible for my situation since like I'm a first gen, I'm the oldest, I'm a girl in like a Gambian household. So like, if you from the culture, if you from like a West African culture, or like if you're a person of color in general, and like you're oldest and you're firstborn. You know how hard it is to like, I guess like have things go your way, or like at least try to do something that's different and not traditional. So like in the back of my mind, like I didn't want to go away. I guess like I'll say here, like toxic family and like just wanting to be in a different environment. You know, I was born and raised in the Bronx and I just knew that I just wanted to have like the out of state experience. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to um, go out of state, but um, being that like low income from the Bronx too, I knew that I had to be realistic. So when I applied for colleges, I applied to like 25 in total. And I did not want to, like, limit myself to, like, a certain type of college. When you're, like, in the college process, you hear words like liberal arts, Ivy League, CUNY, SUNY. So in my situation, I applied to all different types of colleges, like all of those um, I named. So I ended up applying to 25. Three Ivies, Cornell, Columbia, Brown. I applied to, I think, eight liberal arts schools. And then the rest is CUNYs and SUNYs. And then, like, they talk to you about, like, safety schools, Target, and REACH. So I did that. Honestly, most of them were, like, a REACH. I mean, honestly, like, with my stats, I didn't know what was a Target. And then definitely, like, the SUNYs and CUNYs were, like, my safety. So that's why I did. And I recommend, like, if you're a high schooler listening, don't limit yourself. Apply to different types of things because you never know, honestly. So I want to give myself the opportunity to have options. Right. Yeah. And I think it's crazy because most people I've asked, how, talking to your college process, people are like, you know, like you gave the in-depth because you just came from it. So 25 schools, there's actually a lot of schools mm-hmm. that you applied to. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they have their own application fees. And I'm pretty sure you reached out to have, what are those, the void, the vouchers the and things like waivers. that. The fee yeah. waivers. And for CUNY and SUNY, I feel like these are very specific to New York. Mm-hmm. So New York high schoolers who are going into CUNYs and SUNYs, I'm pretty sure each state has its own like version state, of a state city school. school. Right. But yeah. because New York is so huge, we have state and city schools. Yeah. Hence CUNY and SUNY. Mm-hmm. So that's important. And I think, one thing I'm taking from that is the diversity of schools you apply to. Mm-hmm. Like, don't shy away from a school just exactly. because of the sticker price. Mm-hmm. Sticker price meaning how much it costs per exactly. year tuition because you never know what opportunity you can get from it. And out of all the schools you chose, mm-hmm. then you applied to, Cornell was the one. 
Yeah. So, so what do they do to trick you to go there, huh? <laughs> you said what they did to trick me. How they trick you to get in there? Okay. So I could explain the day since, you know, I'm a freshman pretty recently. So I was just sitting. What was it? Like, so like you're a senior. It's like March, April. That's when like decisions go out. Oh, by the way, I decided not to do ED to any schools just because I had like a weird, like funky situation at home. I didn't really want to commit myself to a school. I didn't want to be like financially tied to a school. And by ED... Um, Oh, early decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't do early decision. It just didn't feel right. Like, my intuition was telling me, like, don't do it. So I didn't do it. It didn't feel right. The environment I was in, like, it was kind of pressured. So, like, if you pressure someone to do something, they're probably not going to do it. So I didn't do ED. Uh, maybe if I did ED, I probably would have gone into, like, the other IVs or something. But, I mean, it don't matter. I'm glad where I am today. So anyways, so it's March, March. April I think it was March so it's March and like it's senior year you know you're a senior you're just trying to get out of high school you're relaxing you know there's nothing for you to do at school you just go there just to show your face and get attendance so yeah I was sitting in homeroom and then I was just going through my email and then I seen an email from Cornell University the first line was like oh you will be accepted and then, like, the point of the email was to invite me to, like, some diversity hosting thing. Yeah. So, like, if you're, like, a person of color, they invite you. And then it's, like, they welcome you on campus. And right. you probably stay a night. So, like, it was one of those kind of things. It was, I think the email was sent March 15th. So, this was, like, before, like, nationwide, like, Ivy Day, which is when all the Ivies reveal, like, um, who got in regular decision. So, it was March 15th before Ivy Day. So, I found out, like two to three weeks earlier than like the rest of the world so so confused i'm like what is this like uh, is it a joke is it a yeah prank? no it... literally so i was sitting next to my friend i show her the email i'm like is this like real like it does like it said you will be accepted so i kept reading those three words i'm like like that doesn't make sense to me but yeah it turns out um i was offered admission and they just told me early that i got in and then yeah so that was like the first I think it was the second school I found out from that got in. The first school I found out from was U Albany. And, you know, it was like a safety, basically. So I wasn't really, like, trying to go there. But, you know, still accepted. Hey, U Albany. Come on. I mean, I mean. Don't comfort those people's lives. U Albany's great, guys. Yeah, it's, it's a great school. But pertaining to me and, like. What you wanted, that was I for wanted. You. Okay, yeah. fair. So in my situation, I considered it a safety school. Okay. But nonetheless, I was blessed to be accepted to a school. And then Cornell was the second school that told me I was accepted. So I guess, like, kind of early on, like, I had the mindset, oh, I'm going to go to Cornell. Because, like, they told me earlier than everybody else. And, of course, like, it's an Ivy. And that was, like, a big thing for me. And I got accepted regular decision, which is something... I did not, like, expect. As people may know, regular decision, like, especially for, like, top schools, like, Cornell, it's really hard to get into. So I didn't, I just applied, to be honest, just to see if I'll have the chance to get in. Honestly, with all the schools, I didn't have my hopes up for anything. Um, I just applied to, like, play my chances, and then I got in. My college process dwindled down to choosing between Cornell University, a big Ivy League, upstate New York, and then this small liberal arts um, all-women's school called Smith in Massachusetts. And I love Smith College to this day. I love it. And I, and I was trying to encourage her to go to a sister school. Yeah. But someone didn't listen to me. This is the thing. I feel like regardless of where I would have went, 
I would have been the same person. I still would have been doing the same things I'm doing now. Good. That's good. I feel like the institution doesn't matter. It's you as a person and like how you utilize yourself. But anyways, we'll go into that later. So yeah, so it was between Smith College, a big, I mean, small liberal arts, all women. I love it there. It's an amazing school. Everybody should apply. And then Cornell. And then, you know, I love both schools, but at the end of the day, I'm low income. I'm first gen, so the money matters. It had to, like, dwindle down to financial aid. And then last minute, Smith did give me a little more money for financial aid after I did the financial aid appeal, which is where, like, you write back to your college saying, hey, I think I should get more money, and nice. then you, yes, you state your reason. That. That's so important. The financial mm-hmm. aid appeal, like whatever package they give you when you first start, you can always ask for more and see whether or not they're going to give it mm-hmm. to you. If they really want you, they will try their best to like meet you halfway mm-hmm. for high school students applying to college mm-hmm. or you know, people around there. Yeah, and you could even like appeal your financial aid into college as well. So I did that for both Cornell and Smith because I didn't get enough money. Smith gave me a little more. I just had, like, lots of people talking to my ear about Cornell. Then I just, like, researched the opportunities and stuff. And I just figured Cornell, the name will get me into more doors than Smith. I mean, I, I can't say it's necessarily true since I don't go to Smith and I don't know the alumni network or anything. But I know, like, Cornell is, like, known, like, throughout the world. So I'm just, like, thinking about me and my future opportunities and, like, the doors I want to go into. So I chose Cornell. Expensive. It's not known for giving the best financial aid compared to um, other, like, Ivies. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it work, and that's how I picked Cornell. Nice. You hit on a few interesting points and points that I do want to address because I myself just came back from my middle school. They had, like, a college event and they wanted college students to come onto a panel and talk about and glorify college because my middle school is like very college centric even our classes we don't have like numbers our classes are by college name same so i was in iona in sixth grade upenn in seventh grade columbia in eighth grade funny believe it or not yeah and so i think the biggest question for me and in terms of like what you were saying about people whispering in your ears about you know cornell is better because Mm -hmm. it has a better name brand and all these different things and like how much more social capital you can get from going to an ivy Mm -hmm. what are some like some of those selling points that people gave you and when you went there did you see that as the case the selling points these like uppity words people use to describe these like great ivy league schools was that the case when you walked in people were like telling me oh it's an ivy league yeah mainly ivy league that standpoint but to be honest as a cornell student i could tell you that it doesn't feel like a quote-unquote Ivy League, like, it just, I don't even know what Ivy League is supposed to feel like, to be honest. That's what I was, I was about to ask I just, that, like, like what, what even is the feeling? What is, like, what is the Ivy League, to be honest? The construct of an Ivy League is, like, it's what's created to, um, I guess, like, have students, like... Drive. Strive or, like, put their hopes in this institution or, like... The Ivy League is, like, it's been rebranded to make it seem like the top tier of what it means to go to university, not only in America, but around the world. So being a student who goes to Ivy League, I just feel like I just go to a regular college, to be honest. So in high school, I did, like, college programs. So I've been in other institutions. And I also, like, when I was visiting schools through my acceptance, I sat in, in college classes. And I'm here to tell you now, like, honestly, most of these schools are the same, like, at the core of it is providing students like resources with funding 
student clubs. One thing actually unique about Cornell is the research university, and that's definitely something you feel as soon as you step on campus. Honestly, it's hard to not get into research at Cornell. It's like known for um, like the research coming out of there. So I'm like actually in like research organizations and I'm getting funding from the school for many projects and stuff. So I guess like that's a little a little bit different from my school. But most schools have those same opportunities. So I guess like colleges, they mirror each other. It's just the campus culture that may be different. I guess like the demographic too. But at the end of the day, most schools have the same thing. And like when you go there, it's just about like you utilizing the resources and making sure that you do what you need to do when you get there and not think that the school name is going to like do the work for you. Even though like you may go to school that's not known, you have to like put in the time and I guess like and like look for resources to like achieve the same results you see from people going to like these schools with the larger names. But most schools like have those main like components, which is why I think oh, like, I just go to a regular university. I don't think it's always Ivy League. And, of course, yes, I meet people from around the world. I'm going to say this now. Like, I haven't met a person. I'm like, oh, my God, they're such a genius. They're so smart. To be honest. Are you telling me that Ivy Leagues don't poop geniuses? Yes, I'm telling you that now. Oh, my God. Here's the secret, to be honest. Here's the secret. Lot- my first semester, only one semester, and I know it all. <laughs> I know it all. I have all the tea. But, like, a lot of these schools, depending on, like, what they want, the outcome, like, they just, like, recruit students for, like, the sports team. Yeah, that's what makes up an Ivy League is your D1 division. Yeah. Especially in my school. My school is so big. And the resources, I mean, not the majors are so different. Some people go there for fashion. Some people go there for biomedical engineering. Some people go there for fine arts. Some people go there for English. Like, there's just so many different majors. There are even people there that go there for the Army. It's like a spectrum of different people that go there. No matter where you go, you can't really go there and compare yourself to anybody because everybody's there for a different thing and a different reason. And there's a, a variety of people. And, like, it's not only, like, oh, the geniuses who got 1600s on their, on their SAT. There's also people who probably got lower SAT scores and the school probably took a chance on them. Yeah, so, like, don't, like... I guess, like, don't categorize, like, a school based on, like, the stereotype that's perpetuated um, by maybe that school itself or by, like, you know, talk. And also, like, what they say a lot about Cornell is, like, the easiest to get into but the hardest to graduate from. And I don't, I mean, it's extremely hard in terms of academics and, like, um, balancing um, academics, social life, and other stuff. I guess, like, when you're, like, a high school student applying for these colleges, um, don't sell yourself short and also like really do your research. I know when I was a college student, I looked at YouTube videos. I actually watched tours like students. I actually watched like college university tours of that school on YouTube if I wasn't able to like go there in person. Um, I also watched like students who go to that school who happen to be YouTubers, their experience. And I just like read about the reputation and all of that. So I say um, go to the schools, do your research. And, like, just don't, like, feed into, like, this whole Ivy League, oh, it's a state school or CUNY or SUNY. Because no matter where you go, you're still going to, like, depending on how you, like, utilize your four years, if you want to, you will become a better person and you will be able to, like, be in the same doors or in the same places as a student who may go to, like, Ivy League, which is seen as, like, the top tier school in America, which, you know, I don't think it is. What I'm hearing from what you're saying is basically... 
name brand matters when you're first looking at this list of schools that you want to go to. But at the end of the day, once you get to those institutions, that name brand isn't going to take you anywhere unless you put the work in yourself. And that work and that hard work and that grit, that can be taken anywhere. It doesn't have to be exactly. an X, Y, and Z school. You could go to a CUNY. You could go to a state school. Exactly. Do what you got to do to get out. And I think that's an important message to get out to the people. And, mm-hmm. you know, you triggered a memory for me. Like, I was, I was actually doing some, like, research and reading up on things about common misconceptions going into college. And because you just started this college, I'm going to give you, like, misconception. And you can... About college in general. Oh, about college? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a second. Okay. Cool segment. Just the common misconceptions that we have about Ooh, college. okay. College I'm trying to spice things up a little bit. Aisha, what's yeah, the Yeah, what's the team? Here we go. <laughs> Did you know that... Okay, so there's an article that was released in 2018 by the Association of American Colleges and Universities. And basically, they were doing a study on misconceptions of college students from people who are outside of college, basically. And the first one they had was college students are all over the are all around the age 18 to 24 years old. In your experience, did you see that? Absolutely not. So, OK, so Cornell is like it's a huge school. Um, not only is it like undergrad, actually, it's like better known for like the Ph.D. program. It has its own law school, medical school veterinarian school has an army it has an army so you guys go to war for people yeah we right. do we go to war against columbia right, <laughs> um, i mean it has like an army naval base i don't know what it is they just they, they have, have something u.s yeah they have something so it's like basically a, a post-grad institution right. so it's better known for like post-grad institutions since it has the it has its own medical school which is um I think it's, re- it's really good. Um, it has its own law school, which is really good. So the people who I encounter, like, on a day-to-day basis, most of the time they're around my age, um, especially, like, in my classes, maybe in the library and stuff. But, like, there's definitely, like, older students, you know, who come to campus either for their Ph.D. or all the other stuff I listed for. There's, like, obviously, like, a wide range of age. And also, like, the traditional, like, college student nowadays has changed like people come back later in life i mean i haven't came across like a 14 year old yet but who knows geniuses out there i mean i'm sure they're out there in my school my school's too big there's actually um in one of my friend's classes she's like a chem student i think the professor was like 20 years old so there's like definitely like young youngings in there 20 year old professor so they got mm-hmm. their they mastered in chem or something what are they like Sister, I don't know the story, but... The PhD, that's what you got. I don't know, but the person was young, really, really young. And when you come to colleges, um, you'll, like, learn about the term tenure, which is, like... I mean, I can't explain it well, but it's basically, like, when the college offers you, like, a lifelong position there until you it's die. Like a judge or something. Yeah, so definitely, most of my professors, they're, like, older people because they've been there a million years and they don't want to leave. Um, so their tenure... Right. You come across, like, a few young right. people, you know. And the statistic was, like, 41% of college students are actually older than the age of 25. So, if that's the case, then yeah, exactly. All right. That segment over. That was it. <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do it with, like, everyone. I have, like, one fun fact about college and things okay. like that. That one that was cute. You know what I'm saying? I may, I may yeah, bring another yeah, one. It's depending on how the conversation goes and we have time. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit more about, because you did mention the social scene. And you talked about the actual environment that you're in and how that differs now that you actually attend the school versus just visiting the school mm-hmm. as a high schooler what is that like for you okay as i mentioned before like i'm an inner city kid born and raised in the bronx elementary middle and high school in the bronx so like transitioning from like inner city culture into like a white dominant culture 
it's not even white dominant like there's like i don't know how, i don't know what's the terminology for but like this prep like this preppy culture like that's not something i'm accustomed to and i know lots of like people of color who i come across at cornell it's not really a shock for them they like they went to like really good high schools they went to private schools um or yeah so like and a, a lot of them came from new york city like bard hunter a lot of these like good high schools and i came from like an inner city high school then i'm transitioning into like the quote unquote ivy league so like adjusting to that kind of like preppy culture and like learning how code switching like you unintentionally do that like you know if you're from the bronx you know there's the slang Yep. There's the, you know, ah-ah. Yep. Uh, uh. Yeah, like the little things <laughs> that we do. The twang. So, yeah, so there's that aspect, like the slang, the way you carry yourself. Just, like, small things. Like, uh, a big shock to me was Canada Goose. Like, what is that? Like, when I came to Cornell, I seen, like, people just kept talking about Canada Goose. I'm that's like, a jacket that? company? Yeah. Yeah, that $1,000 yeah. jacket. Yeah, and, like, now that, like, I go to Cornell and I know all the... Oh, you're learning. I'm learning all the rich brands and stuff. Honestly, I survived off like Rainbow, Pretty Girl, I don't Fordham know. Road, 149th Street, Grand Road. Concourse, One, affordable exactly, clothes. Exactly, yep. Yeah, so I don't know nothing about those big brands. Like I know the usual Michael Kors, Louis Vuitton, but yeah, so I don't know. So yeah, Canada Goose, like people, I don't know. There's just stuff people talk about, and it comes up with conversations. And like since you're not of that. I guess, like, culture, like, or if it was never in your peripheral, like, you just, like, don't know how to respond or, like, I guess, like, how to go along with that. And honestly, a misconception I had going into Cornell was thinking that it's going to be, like, a large, all-white space. It's going to be full of nerds. It's going to be preppy. It's going to be, like, these geniuses from all over the world. And when I tell you there's inner city kids up in there, there's Bronx people up in there, there's inner city kids from, like, all over the country up in there. And I was just scared of, like, leaving, like, my kind of community and, like, being plunged into an all-white space. And, you know, like, what comes with that, like, the racism, the microaggressions. But um, I, I have my community up there, and I feel like if you're, like, kind of afraid of going to a school that seems like it's PWI, Trust me, you'll find your community. Like, maybe it might be, like, five of you guys who are, like, people of color and who come from inner city. And I guess that's another difference. Like, I don't think being, like, a person of color is, just, it's like, synonymous like, with, like, having, like, the same experience at that nope, person. Because, like, you'll come to learn that, like, no matter, like, what kind of skin color or, like, where a person comes from, like, they could come from, a like, a privileged background. Like I was saying with the private schools and, like, just, like, being from that, you know, that kind of culture. Yeah, I mean, what you're getting at, I think, is don't feed into stereotypes. Just because you see another black sister don't mean she got the same history you mm-hmm. have. I'm guessing they're similar for white people, for Asian. Like, just because mm-hmm. you see each other and you think, okay, we're the same. Well... You may have the same melanin and melanated skin, mm-hmm. but you're different. I mean, like, in terms of me doing that, it's just, like, being in a all-white space and, like, just trying to connect with people who look like you. But to be honest, um, since it is a New York State school, definitely lots of New York City kids go there. Yeah, which is amazing. So, like, I'm friends, like, most of my friends, like, we're all inner city kids, Bronx, Brooklyn. And I have a few friends, I mean... I wouldn't say friends. I have lots of like acquaintances. acquaintances. Yeah, so I'm I'm acquaintances with um like 
lots of inner city kids. So, like, I'm still of the culture. Like, I don't feel, honestly, I don't feel like I left anything behind. Like, I'm still with my Bronx people. Um, not to say that, like, um, I confined myself. Yeah, I was about to ask that. Yeah. But it's just that, like, a sense of home, like, I have that there, you know, because students like that go there. For, like, about, like, most of my semester before I moved out of my dorm, I lived in an all-black dorm. It's called Uj. Um, I don't know if most universities have that. Like, Yeah, like, us. yeah, they do. Yes. So I was in that, and I was, like, of the culture, you know? Like, I was with, like, black people from they all over the, the country. Yeah, so, you know, I walked around with my bonnet, and it was it was cool, you okay. know? And I think it's important that you made the point of, yes, find your, especially as a freshman, I feel like it's so important to find that comfortable space where you can mm-hmm. just have a cushion to fall back on. The people that you know understand you more than just, hi, my name is Aisha. That's a good mm-hmm. thing to have. In addition to that, venturing out and going beyond mm-hmm. your circle. And I feel like as you go out through the rest of your semesters, that's something you should like keep in the backbone of your head. Like, that's mm-hmm. your that's your that's your go-to group that's your that's your home base yeah. but there's many different parts of this but it's hard, it's hard. it is hard but i think it's worth the challenge and i think it's worth it just because you never know who you're gonna find that you suspected you wouldn't have any kind of connection with mm-hmm. it could be race yeah, related exactly. it could be culture related it could be religion related it could be anything mm-hmm. interest yeah like those fanatics and things <laughs> or like i don't know weird things you never know I'm like i'm being very general but like it's, it's just a very general thing so i'm glad that you are moving forward keep that in the back of your head and it's good it's good stuff mm-hmm. and i think it's important then to think about now that you've gotten into the school that you wanted to get into the school of your dreams or something you know people like to say that i mean it wasn't my dreams your I, nightmare i just i mean i just applied to see if i'll get in and i got in it's a good school but it's like school. i said before it's a school. yeah you know i would have been happy wherever yeah, I because went. as long as you're happy with yourself it's what you make of it college is what you make of yeah. it and i agree with that so now that you are though in the college that you're in College is pretty similar. You go to class, you have exams, mm-hmm. you have assignments, you have your teachers, you go to them if you need them. That's pretty standard. What's it like being, I guess, upstate New York? What's that atmosphere look like? How different is it from the Bronx? I don't, I don't think I mentioned it, but um, I'm like a wanderer or like traveler, adventurer. So I'm very comfortable in going to like new places and going away. So going to like upstate New York, to be honest, is a breath of fresh air. So many issues, um, not to like downplay the Bronx, like keeping it real with like many inner city places. Like there's just like so much like oppression, institutional racism, like just so many like things affecting the Bronx and like daily life that I've been weighing heavy on my soul for like 18 years. Um, so going to upstate New York, um, it's just like a breath of fresh air, like I'm fortunate to go to, like, a school with such a beautiful campus. There's, like, literally, like, waterfalls on my campus, like, to go to class every day. I have to cross a bridge that's, like, made on top of a waterfall. So I cross waterfalls every day. Um, I love the nature. I guess, like, small stuff, like, that people don't realize. But, like, the Bronx is, like, known for having, like, congested air. And, like, kids have, like, four times higher um, chances of getting asthma here. Um, that's like how bad the air is and like going there like that's the first thing i noticed like fresh air <laughs> yeah like nice. overall the environment is so beautiful i love there of course like you know winters they're bad but spring and spring but, and summer you know, though spring it's nice it's nice you know um yeah so but you know i'm from new york city so i'm used to winters but in terms of like the social climate and stuff like that the school like people from all over the world go there depending on like what your demographic is and like who you identify with 
things are, I guess, like, a little bit divided. People of color, like, black and Hispanics, like, you know, from the inner city culture, like, who identify with that culture. You know, usually we have our own community. We have most of the, like, events, like, our own, like, social gatherings. I mean, of course, like, most of these events are open to the public, but the typical people who, like, come to these are, like, you know, black people, um, the Hispanics. Also, if you're, like, white on campus, you probably have a different experience and have your own subset culture. I Honestly, I don't know what they'd be doing. Cra- I see crazy stuff on a daily basis. College party life, that whole... Yo, you gotta like, explain. You gotta, impa- you gotta unpackage that. You can't just say that and, like, leave us Okay, 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 okay. So, okay, so my school's not known for a party school, but there's definitely a party scene. Um, since it's huge, like, there's definitely, like, lots of off-campus parties. I've never been to a frat party, but all over the nation, no matter where you go, like, frat, frats are known for, like, being... Um, reckless. Like, reckless and infamous for doing terrible stuff. And actually, like, a boy died earlier this semester. After he left a frat party, to this day, no one knows exactly what happens. There's still an active investigation, but, like, apparently they found his body in one of our waterfalls, like, called Gorges. To this day, I don't know why, why frats exist. Really? They're so toxic. There's so many, like, cases of, like, sexual abuse that happens within those walls of a frat house against them. And there's, like, years and years and, like, stacks and stacks of evidence, like, explain why like frats in general should be demolished or like just the culture of having like a frat party what's it called hazing and like rushing for a story like why it's so problematic but to be honest um cornell and many other institutions are there for the bag they're there to make money and most of these frats they've been there for over 100 years and the alumni and like the people who are making these like universities run they have their like foot in the bag so these so to be honest, these frats, they're not going to go away overnight just because, like, the financial um, wealth is bringing in for your universities because of the yeah. alumni and just other investors. So, yeah, so frats are so problematic. This boy died. Sexual abuse happens, but it's not going to go away because, to be honest, we live in a, a capitalist world. So, I mean, what could you do? Um, They impose, like, little rules and stuff, but... Honestly, like, we all know at the end of the day, like, it's just ingrained into the culture, like, patriarchy. So it's not going to change anytime soon. And and unfortunately, you know, that's just the way things are. Yeah, because I was going to say, oh, they're, you know, I was going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Like, oh, you know how frats are. You make your network. They have people in all different industries. And you could do, like, you know, what they sell to you when they say, come to a frat. Join a sorority. This is what it is. And there are healthy frats out there. Yeah, I could explain more about that. So I guess, like, the misconception, like, frats are, like, like the alphas. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, they have so but many yeah, different names. But, yeah, those alphas. Yeah, but there's also, like, organizations by the name of frats. Okay, so they call it a frat, but it's mainly, like, a structured organization geared towards a goal. So there's Asian frats. There's Latino frats. There's also, what's it called? Not charity. Um, Like, volunteer frats. There's, like, frats for, like, different kinds of themes and like subjects but they just go by the name of frats and they're like co-ed as well so it's not just all men and also if you're coming in thinking i have to be in a frat to make these like alumni um networks that's not true at all especially if you're going to a profession like i'm in an organization because i want to be a human rights lawyer 
I'm in like an organization and I have access to lots of resources and alumni. Um, so don't think necessarily that you have to like join a frat, even to have a social life or have connections, because you don't even have to look hard to find the same things elsewhere. And you don't have to commit your time, money, or anything. Or health. Or health. But, I mean, if you want to, if you, I mean, go ahead, do you. But it's just that, especially on campuses, like, they just have a long history of toxic culture. I guess, like, the officials, they fake try to address it. But not many changes done. And, like, in my one semester there, the boy that died and just, like, other stuff. I remember, actually, I remember one night. I was, I live on the first floor. So, in my old dorm. Um, I lived on the first floor, and, like, it was a little hot, so my roommate would, like, open the windows. And it was, like, 3 a.m., and then I couldn't sleep. And then some girl walked by. She was like, oh, i just been effing. And then, you know, trigger warning, um, the R word. And imagine me laying there trying to sleep, and I hear that, and, like, my heart dropped. I'm not generalizing, like, that this happens at all frats, but um, it's unfortunate that it happens to women and mostly like in parties like that and also it happens in regular parties as well and like when you come to college like you're just gonna be you're just gonna be overwhelmed with like so many things to do there's so many like parties going on and like events to go to and like you like especially as a freshman you don't know like the reputation certain places have so you just have to and I think she was a freshman because like at my school we have something called North Campus and that's where all the freshmen live so she more than likely was a freshman. So that's unfortunately that like some freshmen have to face not really knowing the reputation of places and being taken advantage of. Um, I guess like with time, you just learn more and you just have to be cautious. I say try everything, see what works for you. I personally haven't gone to a frat party because I don't mess with that. And no one is going to play with me either. Especially with the racism, too. I know, like, a few people, like, they couldn't even get through, like, some frat doors. They were, like, oh, full capacity, but they let, of course, like, the white girl, wasted girls. So done. No, no offense to the Karens or anyone out there, but, yeah, that's how it is. Like, there's racism and all of that. Yeah, I've been to parties. They're okay. I mean, parties are okay, but I don't, I just, my personal reason for me not liking them it's just like the culture, I don't, not even culture, just the, I don't even know, just the overall thing of like, girls, they go there, they dance, they're, they're living their best life, and like guys, they're just there against the wall, and they just like look at the women like pray, and they just like come up behind you and start touching you, and like you'll like push your hands off them and stuff, so I mean, that's not for me, I mean, if you want to do that, or if you enjoy that, that's good, but I don't know, it's just like, it feels like a prey and predator kind of environment for me, so I don't really go to that. But I do enjoy going to, like, um culturally-based events where I learn about, like, the history of black people on my campus. Or I just, like, go to, like, networking events, meet alumni. I actually just came, even though I'm in the city away from campus, yesterday I just went to an alumni event full of lawyers, so I made connections. Going back to my main point, I mean, my other point, I guess, like, that's another good thing about going to, like, an Ivy League. The alumni network is really good. No matter what you do, no matter how trash your grades are, you will graduate with a job. You, you believe that? Like, I'm going to have to check yeah. in with you in two, three years from now. I mean, I know for sure I will. I mean, I'm going to law school after, so. You have a drive to do what you want to do. I know people who maybe they don't want a job after college. Or maybe 
I mean, yeah. Or, like, if you want like, a job, you will get a job. It's kind of what you're getting at. It's like, you have to try really hard. To not. To, like, to not get a sure. job. I deteriorated a little bit. But, yeah, so social life is, like, it's really good. You meet amazing people. It's such a positive environment as well. Like, um, don't think you're going to, like, just... I mean, there are the pretentious people out there. But that's everywhere. That's not just college. That's everywhere. Yeah, but almost anyone you come across like you could just have a regular conversation and it's like good like people are like really nice and like especially as a freshman people do want to get to know each other yeah and like you just you won't i don't think like people are rude to each other like that's just not something like I cordial experience. people are, tend to be cordial when they're on campus and like you just like no matter where you are or where you at like people are just people have manners and you always like start up like a conversation with someone no matter race or background or anything like you can always talk about something find some like some common yeah, ground I'm glad. there's some positives to going to college like yeah. you can start intellectual conversations if you want to which exactly is really cool. yeah i mean depending on like kind of environment you are coming in i really wanted to have those intellectual conversations and they didn't really happen for me per se because i lived in the all i lived in the all black dorm so i wanted to discuss discuss like lots of stuff like institutional racism and like social constructs and all of that and like for me personally it didn't really happen maybe i didn't put myself out there enough to meet more people but they do happen eventually like with friends like you just like get into deep stuff or especially in classrooms and stuff, like, it happens. You'll, like, when you go to college, you'll experience everything, and you'll decide for yourself what you want. Um, also, you'll have, like, upperclassmen telling you advice. So many upperclassmen told me, like, what to do, Um, especially in all the, like, clubs and, like, organizations I'm in. They told me what kind of classes to take. I have so many mentors, actually. Like, people want to help you. Like, you won't go to college and be a lone wolf, like, there's like tutoring like there's just so much it's gonna be it's pretty hard not find the resources because they're there yeah and like there's just and people want to help so badly That's like interesting. as i imagine i have so many different mentors across different organizations and it's just like pretty good you know and honestly if you do find yourself not really having a good experience just know it's just a matter of time and you transitioning and i say like just like give it a try and even though i go to a really big school like most of my time i spent alone after I changed dorms, I got a single dorm. So it's cold outside. I spent time mostly yeah, in my I heard dorm, the drama you know. About why you left your dorm for the single. Or like I heard that you did. Yeah. But do you do you want to talk talk about that or no? Um, yeah, I could talk about it. So like mental health is the most not the, I mean, it's a really, really big factor in the life of a college student, especially if you go to like a regular school. And uh, my my first semester was hard. I was coming home at three AM after and my days most days start at 8 a.m i didn't okay my major i did not pick that for myself i was forced to be in those class 8 a.m classes and that's not for me but 8 a.m to 3 a.m now most days i mean so it was that like in the beginning of the semester because okay so classes I, i'll have them from like 8 a.m maybe to 4 p.m not back to back in between i'll have breaks of course and and i, I also have an on-campus job you know because i have to like feed myself and like have stuff for like laundry so i had an on-campus job so eight to four that's when i had commitments and then after that four o'clock um you'll notice that events are like mainly like at five o'clock later in the evening after classes are done so i'll go to like not only social events but like professional events to network just to get my name out there and to like meet people and then homework oh my god homework takes like 
take up a huge chunk of your day and yeah, study for each hour of class you have like two hours or three hours exactly. of homework exactly and i personally for me i want to produce quality work and there's just days like it's just impossible to finish all your things and it's not just homework i'm applying for scholarships so i'm applying for like internships like it's just in college you just don't have schoolwork you have other stuff on top of that so you speaking to that the the stigma of like you show like a middle school or a high school or college person scheduled by class only and they're like oh my gosh you have so much free time so much free time not at all like honestly it's a matter of what you prioritize what you prioritize like there's so many cool events like amazing things go on campus and like amazing like talks like um like um like they'll like um they had like Spike Lee um at my school nice. like just amazing amazing things like people from all over the world come on campus like so many things to do, but you just have like so much homework that takes a lot of time and like in my school everybody has there's also stress culture and like people say oh I only got two hours of sleep like people think that's cute like that's that's the culture in my school it it's real when you hear Cornell when you hear stress culture that's not really a stereotype people like really. They casually, like, joke about, like, not having any sleep. And it's, like, people kind of prize that. But not for me. Um, no matter what, I get eight hours of sleep. Good for you. Your first semester? I'm but, glad. no, I, cu- I I miss classes. I have an 8 a.m. So if oh, I, I stayed up until 3 a.m., if I overslept, I'll miss that 8 a.m. But that 8 a.m. was three hours long. So I will just go in mid-class. Like, Honestly, it's better to show up late than not to show up at all. Because if you miss a class, you miss, like, a, a month's worth of, like, material work. Yeah. I mean, you can always, like, ask for the notes or, like, ask. But, like, there's just small stuff that that occurs, like, in the professor's, like, lecture. But there's just, like, small bits of knowledge that you, you would have benefited from being there. So I will say go to class, like, no matter what. But, yeah, that unhealthy cycle of going back to, so I'll leave the library at 3 a.m. And I was scared out of my mind. Well, I probably walked back to my dorm. Nobody's kidnapping me. This whole human trafficking thing. I'm so So dumb. yeah. Yeah. When you see me, what if you see Aisha walking, I was I was flying home. What? The way my legs walked. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so it was such an unhealthy cycle. So I'm a person I have to work in quiet spaces. I can't really work in like a cafe or like you know you know the coffee shop. Yeah, like a little bit of noise, yeah. Yeah, I need I go to what's called the stacks which is like the books where the books yeah. are and it's silent pin drop silent. i love that i just be in there chilling reading my books studying doing homework and i just love the quietness and yeah it would have been ideal just going back to the comfort of my dorm and like doing homework and studying but it was just so especially in the all black dorm it's very active it's like that in most dorms like so many people in and out and especially in a large school and also, like, in my room, I had a roommate. And, like, we didn't necessarily get along. Like, not really character-wise. It's just, like, small stuff. I'm kind of anemic, so it's, like, cold in the room. She's hot. Like, small stuff like that. So I just... And there's, like, other stuff along to that, but I don't really want to get into it. But, like, personally for me, I felt like it wasn't really um, a productive environment for me. So I just needed to get a single dorm. And the reason I didn't get it originally was because of the cost of it. It's extremely expensive. And, like, of course, like, I wanted, I didn't want to be a burden on my parents in terms of cost. So I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a thug it out. I'm just being a double. And it, it didn't really work out. I'm just, it's just me. I'm just not a person who can't really, like, live with other, like, individuals. Of course, I live with my siblings at home, but, I, you know, I have to. But, like, being that I have, like, the power to control, if I live in a single double, I chose to be in that single life. And it's amazing. Um, Being in a double is good. 
if you guys like have a good compromise and if you guys like are friends but yeah um, my roommate situation it wasn't necessarily terrible it was just like small stuff like made it a hard environment for me to like go to every day and I was barely there like it was just a place where I laid my head I was just so busy with school and like once I was able to um go to my single I like I slowed down naturally because I had like a safe space I started studying in there which is something I wish I didn't do. Cause yeah, like, you your know, you're home in, space and your study space should be different. You slack off. Yep, because that's your home space. And, like, the new dorm, it's not even a dorm. Like, I moved basically into a house. The new place I moved into, um, it's very small. It's kind of secluded. So And it's really, it's a little far. So it's hard for me to go back to, like, a main campus or central campus and to the libraries. But that's something, you know, I'm manifesting next semester. I'll be better with that, leaving right, my and dorm. it's only your first semester. So you have to give yourself time. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning, you know. You have, like, f- many more semesters to go. But I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, you have time. <laughs> and I'm glad. I think to wrap it up, I think from what I'm hearing and hopefully from what people are hearing from you, you're a very driven person. Like, you walked yeah. into college and you were like, I know what I have to do. I have to make, create my networks. I have to be looking into internships. I have to yep. be looking at these classes. She wants to be a lawyer, so she's going to yeah. be there and suck up the resources. Right, like, and I, I think an important question to ask is, when you started off, like, what gave you that drive? What is driving you to get through that semester? What's driving you to make and internalize and reflect and think, this is what I need for myself, so this is what I'm going to do? I'll say that my ambition is innate. Um, I just always had that sense of like purpose and just drive to like go to higher places and wanting to do higher things. Um, as I mentioned, I want to become a human rights lawyer and on campus, like I'm doing different activities. But um, once you're in the midst of a semester and you're like overwhelmed with like work, school, and just like not having time for like self care and just figuring yourself out, you you just have to take things day by day. And just just give yourself a break and don't get mad at yourself if you, like, don't finish your homework or if you, like, wasn't able to do what you wanted to do. I feel like it's natural for all college students to, like, want to give up and, like, just, like, stop everything. But it's important to, like, utilize, like, taking breaks and having self-care days and just, like, being in a positive environment and telling positive things to yourself and just knowing that, like, if you take things day by day, eventually, like, the end will come sooner not that like i mean you should like look forward to the end but um just like you know yeah it'll be fine exactly. you'll be okay like every college student is struggling like we see the memes like we're all like going through like hard stuff being that i finished my first semester and like i was going home at 3 a.m like i had a extremely hard time just make sure you do the things you love to balance it out and make sure you're like you tell yourself good thoughts you're surrounded by positive people like I'm in group chats like we encourage each other and just like just talking to like older people all the upperclassmen I always ask them how do you time manage how do you utilize your time like what did you do to like get yourself this far into your college career because like I admire them like I go to hard school and they made it this far so I take that advice and I run with it um so things will be okay it's not it's impossible for day to day for you to like just be a beat and just have that like um drive and ambition you're definitely gonna have bad days but you will have good days and just like welcome it don't pressure yourself into a feeling of type of way and things will be okay you will graduate in four or five years no matter how long but you will achieve your goals and your dreams you just have to plan it 
make it come true and you'll be fine. Yeah, I think that's a very nice message from Miss Aisha. First year, first semester. You still got a lot to go, honey. But I do, I do. We will definitely have to check in with you a little bit later and see changes that have happened, things that you've learned over time. But I'm glad and I'm proud of you for what you've accomplished because i remember i was a part i was a little bit a part of the process i was helping you out a little bit you know i didn't even talk about my um like all the people who helped me i just want to say this quickly how shout out to howard honestly she exposed me to this whole like college life when she was a senior she took me along to her college meetings she exposed me to barnard um she she inspired me she helped me with my college essay and supplements just like being around a person who's like driven i just i always like i've been watching her like she's going to amazing places and she's done amazing things her amazing internships this podcast like just being around like um amazing people like howard definitely inspired me and it's what, what keeps me going so yeah definitely right. shout to howard stop you know? all of that Big girl. All of yeah. but you have to be driven in this world exactly. that we live in and in especially our situation Especially in our position, I think it's just drive is what's getting us through the day to day operations mm-hmm. on a, every single day. Like you have to be driven. Yeah, and you just have to know what's your beliefs and what's your goals. Yeah, and just work from that. And day even to if day. you don't know what your goals are, just be willing to put on the work to find out exactly. what they are. Like mm-hmm. take aim, take action, mm-hmm. find, and then from there, take make a target. Thank you so much, Aisha, for coming on. And thank you so much to everyone who has been listening. If they want to contact you, reach out to you, ask you any more questions about Cornell, your process, especially like. People who are trying to apply and go into this space, what can how can they contact you? You can contact me on Instagram. It's xx dot a i s h a another a dot xx. Also, my email is a i s h a c o n t e. The number one at gmail dot com. Yeah. Yeah. So too good. Yeah, I'm I'm very open. Um, feel free to contact me and best of luck to anyone who's listening. Yeah. And if you want like a written out wait like a written out version of that, check out my Instagram page. That's where I put everyone's bios and summaries for each person. So you gotta get taste for them. So definitely follow me on at A Sweet Chats on Instagram or you can email me asweetchats at gmail dot com. If you have any more questions, comments, concerns, or you have someone in mind that you think should be on the show, please hit me up. DM me, message me. I'm here to listen. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace.